It's Seth back with another Defense Wins Fantasy, part of the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. And we've got a lot to go through tonight. We've got defensive tackles, we've got cornerbacks, and of course, safety rankings from this future season. This is going to be, as I said last week, redraft rankings. So, old guys are okay. However, Spoiler alert, I've got a lot of youth in the safeties coming through this year. A lot of youth. I think it's going to be one of those years. I'm excited to get into this. We're going to start out with our wonderful defensive tackles. Now, as I said, I am doing defensive tackles and cornerbacks. Not a lot of people, well, I wouldn't say not a lot, but it is a the minority of people that play the split defensive tackles and defensive ends instead of just D-line and the D-back separated into cornerbacks and safeties. But if we're going to give the rankings, let's do it right, you know? Let's make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. Rule of thumb, majority of your D-ends are going to be better than your D-tackles. There is some outliers there, um, you know, the Aaron Donalds of the world over the past decade, um, even... Christian Wilkins the last few years, Cam Hayward. But for the most part, you're going to get your bang for your buck as the defensive ends. And when you talk about corners and safeties, me as a you – know, personally, I like the consistency of safeties over the cornerback inconsistency. But we'll talk about both of those separated out because there are leagues that are like that. My leagues are like that. So it's important to understand who we need to target – this year. So going into the D tackles, number one on my list, Javon Hargrave. Listen, he had an absolutely stellar year last year, and he was in a very heavy rotation. Part of that keeps him fresh. I get it. But he left the Philadelphia Eagles, and he went to the San Francisco 49ers. New team. But the 49ers know how to use their defensive tackles. He's going to have more playing time, which leads to more sack and tackle opportunities. And I really think that he can be what they've been missing uh, since Buckner was traded. Since DeForest Buckner has left that team, they have really needed a bit of a heart in the middle of the defense. I think that Javon Hargrave can be that guy, will be that guy. And we'll end as the DT1 when everything is said and done this season. Looking into number two on the list, we're going to go a little quick because I've got 30 players to go through and talk about. So if you have any follow-up information and questions, shoot a message to the, uh, the pod on Spotify or on Facebook Messenger or just respond to where you found this podcast messaging and we'll happily get back with you. Love talking IDP players. But we're going to go a little quick because, as I said, 30 players, it's going to take a little bit of time to talk about them. And number two in the D-tackles is Christian Wilkins, the D-tackle for the Miami Dolphins. Guy's a tackle monster. Had more tackles last year for a defensive tackle in, like, I don't know, what was like 20, 25 years, something crazy like that. He just keeps seeming to get better every year. And he's in a contract year. He's going to do everything he can to get as much money as he can, which is going to be playing out of his mind. 
And if you watch the back half of the year, he was playing even better than he was at the beginning of the year. He's on a defense that has a lot of stars around him, too, so it's not like they're going to be able to just double-team him all day long. But there is a concern that it is now a new scheme for defense. He was playing in the same scheme that he had with Brian Flores uh, because they kept the defensive coordinator last year. They let them go, got Vic Fangio in there. But I trust that Fangio is going to be able to use these people to the best of their ability. We could see a drop in some of the tackle numbers, but he is known to be able to get to the quarterback as well. So he's just a big-time talent that I expect, again, that motor of his will not quit, and he's going to be at the top of fantasy defensive tackles again this year. Number three on my list, old reliable Cam Hayward. Another guy with a very high tackle four. And I remember when this guy came out from Ohio State, and I'm pretty sure it's been like a long time ago, like a long time ago. But he's been hitting on sacks the last year, a few years. He's been hitting tackle numbers the last few years. Again, D tackles have a more a longer career path of high performance than any other defensive position, not named safeties. So I wanna I'm gonna ride this horse until it falls off. Let's see what Cam Hayward can do yet again this year as he falls into my number three D tackle spot. Number four is one of the guys that I really do like, and that's Quinn and Williams for the New York Jets. This defense is going to be stout. I expect a lot of good things from it, and that's going to be led from the inside out with Quinn and Williams. He's just becoming a bona fide stud for this league. And he's a big, he had a big sack number last year. It's hard to repeat, but the team will put him in good situations to do so. I, I see him in the DeForest Buckner role of the defense with Robert Saleh as the head coach, former 49ers head coach when they had Buckner, or defensive coordinator when they had Buckner. And you just see how, how they're using him. His athleticism, his ability to get to the quarterback is continually to be on display. Now, he does have a lower floor week to week, but he can also win you a week. Gwynn Williams has that ability to just explode for a monster game. He probably will give you a little bit of gray hairs during the season, but I expect him to finish very high in the defensive tackle ranking. But he'll have a couple of games this season that'll just be like, what is going on? Number five is Jeffrey Simmons for the Tennessee Titans. One of the bright spots for the Tennessee Titans this season. He's still a just an absolute stud, strong, young player. Big, strong, fast for his size. He's on a bad team. At least we think it's going to be a bad team. It feels like it's going to be a bad team. Which means more tackle opportunities. Team, you know, I I don't know if they stick with Tannehill all season. They've been able to play well, but they haven't really done much for the offensive line. Really, their wide receiving core is just a wing and a prayer. And they drafted a quarterback in the second round that they're going to want to see at some point get some value. So coming into the playoff run, Jeffrey Simmons could be looking pretty good. Why? Because Will Levis will be leading that team to losses, and the other team will be running the clock out with Jeffrey Simmons mopping up those tackles. You've got to think about those kind of things when you're looking at your players. 
Number six on the list, DeForest Buckner. So again, we talked about him a little bit at, earlier, but he's just been a stud since entering the league. He had less sacks, but more tackles. Um, less. I expect him to have less sacks this year, but more tackles than he did last year. Again, another not great offensive team. More opportunities to be had in those situations. This is also somebody that I'm very interested to see what happens near the trade deadline. You can tell now that the Colts are in a rebuild. Buckner's not going to fit into that timeline plan, and he might be a guy that goes to a contender mid-season. What that will do for his value will very much obviously depend on what team he's going to, but if they're trading for him for a playoff push, you know he's going to be on the field and possibly in better sack situations because that's what's made Buckner so much better than a lot of other D tackles in the past is his ability to get after the quarterback in good situations. Number seven on my D tackle list, Aaron Donald. Maybe this is too low, but his health has been an issue as well as his, let's say, want to as far as playing the game. Talked about retiring last offseason. He came back. Haven't really heard much about him this year. He's one of the best ever to do it. And if his team's not competing, I don't know what they might do with Donald. Maybe he might be a trade candidate too. I'd hate to see that just because he's had his whole career there and he's really is what the Rams are. I mean, that's what they have left. It's him, Cooper Cup, and, and Stafford that's really the makeup of this team. And you hope to see that he can finish it out if he is going to retire, you know, this year or next year or whatever. But I am worried about him getting the sacks that we need to be a top defensive tackle. I think that there might be a drop-off this year. I mean, he had a drop-off last year, but he also didn't play most of the year. How will that look? As I said, D-tackle seven is where I've got him at. Maybe it is too low. Maybe they'll come back with, you know, with a fire lit under them. But at this point, you gotta you got to prove me wrong. Number eight on the D-tackle list is Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's just a stalwart on this front. He's the old veteran now. They've got a lot of young talent around him. Got young talent middling, running the middle of the defense behind him. He's just one of the most consistent guys that they have. He finds a way to make plays. Yeah, he's a little bit less consistent with the tackles, but very well could get close to double-digit sacks yet again this season. He finds a way to get to the quarterback, and he's put in great situations by his offense on the other side. Essentially, there's, only, there's two kinds of offenses that I like for my defensive players. Offenses that are absolutely terrible – and offensives that has a very high-powered ability that will put them in winning positions. That's kind of it. D-tackles can benefit from both of them given how they play the game, and Chris Jones is one that will get some sacks off of that benefit. So number nine on my list is Jonathan Allen of the Washington Commanders. Don't forget about this D-tackle for Washington. I get it. Deron Payne got the money. Deron Payne had the big season last year. And Deron Payne, 
I sound like that kid saying, LeBron James, Deron Payne, he... <laughs> I just lost my entire train of thought, so that's fantastic. No, so Payne had one massive year last year when it just so happened to be his contract year. I don't buy it. I'm not in on Payne this year. I think that Jonathan Allen is Mr. Consistency. You'll see a drop-off of Payne, and you'll see uh, status quo slash slight uptick of Jonathan Allen. I think that's the way to go, and the way that drafts are going, you're going to be able to get Allen much later than Payne and be happy about it. Speaking of Allen, my final player on the list is Zach Allen of the Denver Broncos, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals. As the entire team is trying to get out of Arizona, Zach Allen found a very healthy deal in Denver. And they're going to like what they're getting out of this guy. Very talented in Arizona, playing next to J.J. Watt. He'll be on a more talented defense, and he'll see a lot less double teams going to Denver. Denver has been... I don't know where they're getting the money, but they have been continuing to reload this team to try to fight for a spot in this division. Zach Allen is a guy that's going to make some big plays and end with some fantasy relevancy. I mean, top 10, we're talking about a very good season, I expect, out of Zach Allen. So, just to run that back really quick, number one, Javon Hargrave. Two, Christian Wilkins. Three, Cam Hayward. Four, Quinnen Williams. Five, Jeffrey Simmons. Six, DeForest Buckner. Seven, Aaron Donald. Eight, Chris Jones. Nine, Jonathan Allen. Ten, Zach Allen. So that's going to move us into the cornerbacks. And there's a full disclosure that I have to read right here. It says, I hate ranking quarterbacks. This is my weak spot. I am honest with you guys. I have a lot of knowledge when it comes to the IDP side, but I will say that I think as an industry whole, it's tough to rank cornerbacks, but I, it is my weak spot. So with that being said, here are the rankings of a madman. Number one, Jalen Ramsey, now of the Miami Dolphins. This one is the one that literally makes no sense to me because when you have top-end corners, they typically do not make top-end fantasy players. But he keeps getting it done. It's not normally the way he goes, but now he's partnering with Xavier Howard, so he has somebody that's very talented on the other side of the field. And so he, we know he's going to get passes thrown his way. And I expect him to have, again, another solid tackle number season with some big plays mixed in. I think that this Dolphins defense is completely underrated for some reason people don't seem to think that or talk about how strong this defense can be this year and with the pass rushers they have up front these quarterbacks are going to make make mistakes that all being said Jalen Ramsey will most likely not finish number one on the season but you have him ranked number one yeah because he's my safest bet to finish in the top five because he's done it the last two years he just finds a way to make this work. So I have him at number one because he's my safest, comfortable pick of a guy that's going to be valuable. Number two on my list is Legereus Sneed. He's coming off a fantastic CB1 year. He's a slot cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Gets a lot of tackle opportunities. Now, will he get over 100 tackles next year like he did this past year? Probably not. But 75 to 80 is an absolute possibility. It's right in his wheelhouse. Had a lot of big plays last year. That will probably see some regression on it. However, you know that you're going to be in passing situations when you're a Chiefs defender. You know that they're going to be throwing it towards you. So you have more opportunities. And playing that slot, you have the sack opportunities. You have the toss, the, you know, all the run plays that go to the outside. I think that he's a safe bet to repeat in the top five. And I have him at number two. Number three, Patrick Peterson of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which sounds so weird to say. An older statesman, there's no denying that he's lost a step, but he can tackle with the best of them. Steelers will put him in the best position to be successful. Last year he had 15 passes defended and five interceptions, and so that did skew some of his numbers. He ended in the top 10 last year for for defensive uh, bat, or cornerbacks. But go ahead and mark him down for near 60 tackles and a couple picks. And I think he can just hang on to the to the top 10 next year. Again, will he finish three? Probably not. But he's going to be a guy that could end up with 100 tackles depending on if if teams go after him, if he really is a lot slower. Once again, they gave him a two-year deal, so they believe in him. Like I said, he, he played well last year. And in fantasy, being a little bit slow so that the guys can catch it, but you tackle him, still works. Works better, actually. So we go from an oldie to a goodie. Christian Gonzalez, rookie, high draft capital cornerback. Typically have some pretty big first years because they get tested. They get thrown at a lot. And they can get past defenses and INTs at a solid rate because they're getting tested all of those times. Plus their tackles will be up there. Now what I like about Gonzalez is that he went to the Patriots. And Belichick has something going on with his cornerbacks that they just know how to make big time plays, especially the last few years. This defense is consistent as you can get with interceptions coming out of the cornerbacks. And I expect Gonzalez to have a great rookie campaign. 4-3-8 speed, 6-3, I think. Big dude, fast dude. Plays zone incredibly well, and Belichick loves playing some zone. I just think he's going to have some massive games that are going to push him into the top 10 by the end of the season. Number five on my list is Deron Bland of the Dallas Cowboys. He's a second-year player, and he might not even start for his team. It's a slot corner, um, and he took over last year for an injured Jordan Lewis. So he really wasn't getting a lot of playing time uh, in the first six games of the season. So what did he do? with the last 11 games as a starter. At 54 tackles, 5 interceptions, and 7 passes defended. 5 picks in 11 games. 
So I think he beats out Jordan Lewis, and I think that he's going to own that nickel spot this season. And if he does not, so this is a guy to pay attention to in camp battles and all that, then just know that Jordan Lewis will have some value and opportunities to be successful. Top 10? Maybe not, but definitely worth having rostering you if if Jordan Lewis ends up winning that job. Number six on my list is Emmanuel Mosley, a little bit older gentleman, formerly of the 49ers, signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Lions this year. This is a guy that most forget about due to an early injury from San Fran last year. Guy is solid in coverage. He's not great, but he's very good at tackling. On the Lions, he's on the Lions now, and they should get an opportunity to make a comeback player of the year attempt. I think the teams will be trying to pass a lot against the Lions again this year. And last year, he was averaging over four tackles a game before uh, he got hurt and took a pick to the house. He has the big playability. He has the ability to get some consistent four with the tackles. And he's playing in a conference that's going to play to his strengths. Curdy Cousins likes to throw the ball. And if it's prime time, he likes to throw the ball to the wrong team's jersey. Jordan Love, first-year starter. We'll see how that pans out. Justin Fields, I don't know. He'll run it. I don't think he'll pass it that much because he kind of sucks at passing. But in fantasy, who cares, right? But Mosley will have the opportunity to have a a nice breakout year as, as a cornerback. I think that as far as like outside corners go, he probably has the best opportunity outside of Jalen Ramsey to finish high. But moving on to number seven, we have Nate Hobbs of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I keep wanting to say Oakland. It's been a few years, but old habits die hard. He's a slot cornerback for the Raiders that has quietly made a jump over the last year. It's 74 tackles in 2021. He had 72 tackles in 2022. That doesn't sound like a jump. Until you realize that he only played 11 games in 2022 and had two less tackles than his full season in 2021. A.K.A. 111 tackle pace. And that pace is absolutely doable. I expect him to get you know, near or over 100 tackles this season. One detriment with him, not a huge big play guy. But coming into his third year, expect some more pass defenses. I expect to be able to come off the edge, maybe get a sack or two and, and make some plays there. But if you're giving me a cornerback with 100 tackles, oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be just fine. Now, we move on to number eight. Devin Devion Witherspoon, rookie for the Seattle Seahawks that will be playing across from Tariq Woolen, highest draft capital in the draft, and he will get picked on. He will get beat. He will allow catches, and thus will get his tackles. Much better man-to-man coverage guy, but with, like I said, with Woolen on the other side, you know, having such a spectacular rookie gear, 
they're going to try to test Mr. Witherspoon. And I expect him to pass with flying colors, just as we saw Sauce. Probably not that impressive, because that was just insane. But I expect him to have a great rookie year, as far as it's probably the only time that you'll be hearing his name in the top 10 on any of my lists, as far as fantasy point scores, because he's going to get too good to pass to. Ninth player on my list is Taron Johnson of the Buffalo Bills. Slot corner. Man, is this uh, picking up on this trend, guys? Slot corners. Everybody's playing nickel for the majority of the snaps now. Get a slot cornerback to get those, you know, safety light tackle numbers. So 91 tackles last year, 80 tackles plus two out of the last three years. Just a consistent slot corner that should have high tackle numbers yet again this year. Safe bet. Gonna have the opportunity and just do with, do with what you will on this information. And another thing just to kind of point out. So you're like, well, yeah, okay, I get it. Slot corners, but it, these guys are just good players. Tell that to Kenny Moore of the Indianapolis Colts. He was... Year over year, an absolute stud in the slot as far as fantasy points go. They move him to the outside. He drops his 100-tackle pace to about 50, and we don't talk about him anymore because he finished 64th last year in cornerback rankings. So, yeah, that slot spot kind of matters. Our 10th player that I uh, am... Probably a little bit of a dart throw here, but I, I just can see it coming together this year, and that's Jeff Okuda of now the Atlanta Falcons, formerly of the Detroit Lions. Traded this offseason for a bag of peanuts and a washing machine. Jeff Okuda now plays for Atlanta and is going to be playing across the field from A.J. Terrell, which means Jeff Okuda is going to get all the passes thrown his way because nobody wants to bother with A.J. Terrell because he's so good. Again, this guy was a former top pick, top three pick in the NFL draft. He had some bad run in Detroit. And guess what that means? Jack squat. Doesn't matter when it comes to fantasy. I don't care. If he's on the field, he's going to get production. Last year, finally played pretty much a full season. Finally healthy. 73 tackles. So I expect another 70-plus tackle season with a few more picks as he gets his legs up underneath him. The fact of the matter is that he has the talent. He's playing to get across from a guy that is already proven to be spectacular, and you're going to get the points. The only thing that really bums me out is that, you know, I kind of wish there was a wonderful interception-throwing quarterback named Baker Mayfield still in this division. Wait a minute. All right, Bucks. Thank you. You are making us happy. Curious to see how long he actually starts for. Let's see what Kyle Trask can do. So, again, let's run that back. 
We'll go 10 to 1 this time. Number 10, Jeff Akuda of the Falcons. Number 9, Teron Johnson of the Bills. 8, Devion Witherspoon of the Seattle Seahawks. Nate Hobbs of the Las Vegas Raiders. At 7, 6 is Emmanuel Mosley of the Detroit Lions. 5 is Deron Bland of the Dallas Cowboys. 4, Christian Gonzalez, New England Patriots. 3, Patrick Peterson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a lot of P's. Two, Legereus Sneed of the Chiefs, and one, Jalen Ramsey of the Miami Dolphins. Again, full disclosure, I hate ranking quarterbacks. There's so much variability on them, but that is the list that I have for this year. And we're going to finish it up. We're going to finish it up with the uh, safety rankings. One of my favorite positions, just... I feel like if you can have good safeties, it really puts an advantage for you over your opponent. And we're going to start off where last year ended with Jalen Petrie. Listen, he's getting a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say hate, but not a lot of love from his season last year for a lot of of people's uh, rankings. But I was a truther before the season. I'm a truther now for sure and I'm expecting another high performance season yeah he had five interceptions last year as a safety I get it but if you take those those interceptions away he still finishes at safety one why because of 147 tackles that's why this guy is all over the field I expect Do I expect 147? That's kind of insane. But he's going to be over 100 tackles. He's going to have some big plays. And I have the utmost faith that the Houston Texans offense isn't going to become the best in the league overnight. So Jalen's going to be on the field a lot with opportunities to make tackles a lot. I'll take him for my number one back-to-back season run here. Number two is Derwin James, probably a lot of experts' favorite. I get it. Also, he's only 26 years old, Derwin James is. That's crazy. I feel like we've been talking about him forever. He's very talented. Stud safety, absolutely. So good. And every time that he plays 14 or more games in a season, he's had over 100 tackles. Great. And he's been picking up in the sack department. Last year, he he had, uh, I think, four sacks, and he's good to go for about two picks every year, if not a little bit more. He's consistent. And he can help you win with big-time performances week to week. The biggest concern with him is that You just don't know if you're going to get a full season out of him. Absolutely talented. Had some unlucky years. He seems to be kind of over that. But it's always in the back of your mind. You don't want to draft Derwin James where his value's at. If you can get guys that have a little bit safer ability to be on the field. Way later than him. So number three on my list. Is Jaquan Brisker, another phenom rookie from last year. Burst onto the scene for the Bears. Had 100-plus tackles, 
very much a right place, right time kind of guy. A lot of the plays he was making were just impressive that way. I think he will get more big-time uh, big plays this year to go along with another 100-tackle season, and I think that putting him up in the top three is absolutely reasonable. Again, the offense for the Bears, some people are very high on it. I'm not one of those people. I think it's still going to be the weak point of the team, and you're going to have a guy like Jaquan Brisker that's a year smarter and is going to be making even more plays than he was. So number four on my list is Richie Grant of the Atlanta Falcons. He took the Falcons' starting safety role last year, and he ran with it to the tune of 123 tackles and two interceptions. What I like about Richie Grant is the week-in, week-out reliability that you got from him last year. He will not leave you hanging when in need. The offense will still be rough in Atlanta, which means that they'll be on the field, and he can still make a lot of tackling plays, but he can make some big plays as well. Again, quarterbacks in this division, Mr. Derek Carr, Mr. Baker Mayfield, Mr. Rookie C.J. Stroud, or Andy Dalton, all of those guys do not strike fear into the hearts of anybody and will throw some... Not great balls out there for a guy like Richie Grant to pick up and intercept and hopefully take to the house. But Richie Grant, as I said, probably the most consistent floor of anybody going into next year that I feel good about. Number five on this list is a Washington commander by the name of Cameron Curl. He is, again, it's kind of like when I talked about Logan Wilson last, last week. He just feels like he's on that cusp, primed for a breakout. He had 83 tackles last year in just 12 games. Now, he isn't a big play guy. He hasn't proven that in the NFL. But he's a very consistent tackle guy. He's not going to let you down, kind of like Richie Grant. But he also won't win you weeks based upon his current history. But this is a guy that some of you will look back at the season and you'll just be shocked that he finished in the top 10. He might never finish in the top 12 any individual week, but he's just going to be that old reliable every week, getting enough points. And when you look at the end of the season, you're like, holy cow, who is this Cameron Curl guy? He must have been fantastic. He'll be solid. That's what I can say about that. Now, number six on this list is another sophomore player, Kyle Hamilton. He must have missed the memo on the rookie blow-up plan for the safeties. So everybody's like, wow, he really sucked. He had a rough rookie year. Well, he did compared to Brisker and uh, Petrie. But he also wasn't getting many snaps until the back half of the year. But he still finished with 63 tackles and two sacks. He's the starter this year. I expect around 110 tackles, four sacks, and two interceptions. And this season, he's going to bounce back from the high-expectation rookie year to really be somebody you're going to just be happy to have on your team. Number seven on this list is 
Talanoa Hafunga. Breakout second year campaign for Hafango. Hafenga, sorry, uh, for the 49ers. He had four picks, two sacks, and 97 tackles. I'm going to be honest, though. He's in my top 10, but this one scares me a little bit because he did fade in the back half of the year. But this team forces quarterbacks to make bad decisions, and he will be there to make them pay for those bad decisions. <clears throat> A lot of people say that he plays a lot like Troy Polamalu did back in the day. I see glimpses of it. I think he plays a little bit deeper, not nearly as up in the box as Polamalu did. Um, but he's just a really talented player that kind of really shocked people last year when he came out. I didn't have him ranked extremely high. I knew his name. But I expect to see another big year from him just... Once again, is he going to be able to hang on and not fade down the stretch as he did last year? Time will tell. Number eight on my list is Minka Fitzpatrick. This guy had a massive drop-off from tackles last year to the tune of 30-plus. But it was masked with six interceptions, including one to the house week one. Yeah, he came out of the gates so hard last year. 14 tackle game and a pick six. As far as players in my top 10, he is definitely one of the more boomer bust players, considering how last year went for him. Now, if Minka can get back up to the 120 tackle mark, I'll feel a lot more comfortable with it not being nearly as boomer bust. Weak winners are great, and that's what Minka gives you. But losing a week due to uh, a lack of output, I think, hurts a little bit more. Minka can do both of those things. But by the end of the year, his big-time games are going to keep him in the top ten. Number nine on my list is Antoine Winfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's getting a lot of practice on catching interceptions from Kyle Trask at Baker Mayfield and during... Uh, OTAs, but another guy that just feels like he's he's just, we're not getting everything out of him. He's got 80 tackles a season or last season, and that included four sacks. He's just got kind of like this ho-hum stat line, but then finished top 15 last year. But having a worse offense will lead to more opportunities, and hopefully he gets over the 100 tackle plateau and sneaks into the top 10 by season's end. I think he has it in him this year, and I think it's going to be the year that he gets up there. And last but not least is number 10, which we have Buda Baker. Dude, everyone at once out of Arizona, including Buda. DeAndre Hopkins got his wish. J.J. Watt just said, F it, I'm retiring. <coughs> Essentially, nobody wants to be there anymore. It just is crazy. But this dude has had 100-plus tackles four out of the last five seasons. He gets enough big plays to make him very interesting. Can finish. This guy could easily finish as safety one on the end of the season. Absolutely could. And I expect whether in Arizona or wherever he ends up, he'll still be a top 10 safety this season. Because we're a little bit in the unknown is why I probably have him ranked a little bit lower. But... 
I'll take Buda Baker 100 times out of 100 if you're talking about safeties that you know are going to take care of you week to week. He's another very consistent guy. All right, so <clears throat> running back just to recap these safeties. Number one, Jalen Petrie. Number two, Duran James. Number three, Jaquan Brisker. Number four, Richie Grant. Number five, Cameron Curl. Six, Kyle Hamilton. Seven, Talonia Hafenga. Man, I'm not great at that name. Minka Fitzpatrick at eight, nine, Antoine Winfield. Number 10, Buda Baker. Listen, as I said with the other ones, some of these guys are a little bit maybe not the average ADP that you'd expect. That's fine. Take them later when you can get them and get the points that you're going to be able to do. The fact that people are low on Petri makes no sense to me. If anybody actually watched him play, you know he's the real deal. But that's why we're here. We're planning. We're scheming. We're getting everything ready so that when we walk into a draft, we know more than everybody else there. They might get a high-powered offensive player, but we all know that defense wins fantasy. We'll see you next week.